I'm here with Jonathan Blevins, known as Bearded Blevins. Let's talk about that work. What is Bearded Blevins on Twitch? What do you do there? Yeah, so I, <laughs> you know, five years ago, I started streaming part-time uh, on a website called Twitch, kind of uh -huh. like YouTube, Facebook, uh, if you will, live streaming. Uh, and I would play video games and you could see my face while I was playing and watch what I was doing and then talk to the people watching, answer mm -hmm. questions. Um, I used it at the time as a very practical way of answering questions about the faith. Uh -huh. And then that went really popular really fast. And then it kind of died out because people got their answers and went elsewhere. Uh -huh. And then I realized like that people liked watching me for other reasons and I could be entertaining and uh -huh. just be myself and authentically answer the questions instead of doing a Q and a oh, type okay. thing. So it's evolved into this full-time thing I do now, but it started out 40 just, hours a week. Yeah. Yeah. 40 hours a week. You know, and we turned it into a business and mm -hmm. there's lots of other projects we're doing. So you would be you would do it mostly at night then, or how does that? Yeah, work when out? I was part time, uh, mar I'm married yeah. with three kids yeah. at the time. I think my youngest, my my middle child was just born, maybe six months old, and my oldest was you know sixteen months. Um, and I would just do it, you know, twelve hours a week at night while they were sleeping, uh -huh. with a bad setup, a bad webcam. Uh -huh. I mean, just didn't have yeah. the stuff to do it, but it went well. We were building community, and I was seeing God kind of work in cool ways. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and I made a little bit of extra cash on the side, so my wife yeah. allowed me to continue. Do you have like a co-host with it, or uh, no? Yeah. I just by myself. Sometimes I'll you can play games with other people, uh -huh. and and whatever I'm hearing, yeah. the whole chat can hear, the community mm -hmm. can hear. Um, but no, just kind of by myself. And so they bring up questions about the faith, or how does that work? Yeah, I mean, it just in general, um, imagine watching like a Netflix show but you can talk to the actors and the actresses at the same uh, time. That's kind of right. how it is So right. with live streaming. Yeah. So people see and they start asking you different questions. Um, and because I'm Catholic and have yeah. been Catholic my whole yeah. life, it just would come up that I would share with them like, hey, actually the reason I'm not cursing every other second uh, during this live stream like a lot of other people are yeah. is because I'm Catholic. And then you say that you're on the internet and you're just opening Pandora's box. What does that mean? What, what does Catholic yeah. mean? And what is what keeps them from cursing over yours? <laughs> yeah, so they they can type into a chat, um, and and anyone watching can read what they're typing, and then on my end we can moderate what everyone is saying. So we can, I've typed in every single word you can think of that is a horrific word. Okay, I've had to type it in so that when someone else types it in, it won't allow it. Mm -hmm. And if there's of course always ways around that, and so you have what's called moderators. Yeah, people who just volunteer their time. They like what you're building. They like uh -huh. the live streamer and they're there anyway watching and they say, I can be a moderator for you. You can't always see what's happening in the chat yeah. um, at every moment, especially if there's a lot of people in there. It goes by pretty quickly. And you're, um, get, you're playing a and game. And you're playing a game. Yeah. Now, I'm very good at reading chat yeah. while playing. Like I, I, The whole point of me playing is yeah. to be with the community. So very rarely do I miss a chat. So you're not talking to them. I mean, you're not listening to them talk to you. Yeah, you're I'm just, reading it. Okay, okay. I'm reading it. Okay. And so my moderators will ban people, time people out, yeah. like warn people, hey, don't say yeah. no, use that language. Yeah. yeah, okay. And then to be able to monetize it, how does that work? Yeah, so it works in a couple ways. Uh, on Twitch, you have uh, what's called, people can subscribe to you. Um, on YouTube, that's free. You hit mm -hmm. subscribe. It's like it's like following someone on Facebook. Mm -hmm. On Twitch, a subscription is uh, you pay for it. So uh, if you pay for a subscription to a streamer, you don't get any ads on their channel. Uh, you also get access to emojis or emotes that mm -hmm. the streamer designs or that they have a content 
creator designer design. Uh, and you can use those as part of the community. And it's kind of, it sounds weird explaining it, but if I go live right now, you'll see hundreds of people that come in that are using my emojis that you have mm. to be subscribed to use. Uh -huh. uh, a subscription costs between five and $25 a month. You can choose. Um, and then the streamer gets half of that. Mm. Right, so I, I'm averaging right now about 1,500 to 2,000 subscribers a month. Mm. Uh, Twitch takes 50%, which I think is too much, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> I get 50. Um, people watching can donate um, and they're incentivized to do so. If you donate money, alerts pop up on the channel. It's like, oh, this person donated and yeah, type yeah. a special message. Um, and then uh, really it's then advertising deals um, with companies in specific and then just regular ads that show up on the channel. You get a, a little revenue share of that. Mm, okay. So those are the three biggest ways that you can yeah. monetize live yeah. streaming. And so what kind of topics of the faith would come up or if, do they have a question they'll ask or how does, what were typical? Yeah. You know, I think the most typical, so I would say it's interesting. Uh, Catholics are still the most popular group, I think, <laughs> in America. Um, but the people on Twitch, majority of them are not Catholic, uh, at least the ones that are, I'm talking to. Um, and so, you, but a lot of Christians or, or even former Christians. And so the, the biggest questions I get are, what's the difference between Catholicism and Christianity? Mm. Uh, what's the deal with the Pope? Mm -hmm. why do you, and why do you worship Mary? Mm -hmm. those, are, those are the three ones that come up more than any other question. Uh -huh. uh, maybe why do, you, uh, why do you pray to saints? Which I think I have a really good answer I've never yeah. heard anyone give before. Yeah. Which is like, if you're, a like, if you're a Protestant and someone says, uh, my mom is dying, will you please pray for her? Right. And, you, and someone says, no one's going to say no. Just pray for her yourself. God can hear yeah, you. Yeah, right, right? right. Like who said the, I've never heard any <laughs> yeah. non-denominational or any evangelical say that before. They yeah. say, of course I'll pray for your mom. Yeah. Well, what's the point? Why would you do that if you can just pray for yourself? And if we all as Christians believe that a saint is in heaven, yeah. anyone, we might disagree on who's in heaven, but yeah. a saint is anyone who's in heaven. Yeah. Why, why not ask someone who's alive in heaven to pray for us the same right. way you'd ask a friend? And every time I've said that online, no one, everyone's like, interesting. Yeah. It's like, it seems like a no-brainer. Yeah. And like the people that are interacting with you, do you have any idea about are they men, women, what age group? Or So it's, my, it's at best a guess mm -hmm. um, because Twitch doesn't give you those analytics mm -hmm. anymore like they used to. Um, but I think I can get it pretty close. I think 70% men, 30% women. And I think the average age uh, is probably between the age of 24 and 36. Really? Yeah. So a little older than you might think yeah. and more women than you might think. You said it was what percentage women? Seventy percent men, thirty percent women. Oh, okay, okay. And so, would it would it be at night that you would do this? No. Or? So I, and now that I'm full time, about a year and a half ago, we went full time, yeah. uh, and I actually started streaming at six o'clock in the morning until about two p.m. or six a.m. to noon. Um, and so that actually has probably made my age demographic go up a little. Mm. Uh, a majority of people watching me are watching while they're at work. Oh. So you're crippling the economy. <laughs> you, I, I am, Father. I don't know what to tell you. I, I, this week I'm traveling. I'm here with UWTN, and uh, normally I'm live in the morning. I haven't been. And the oh. amount of tweets I've gotten from people that said, this is my most productive week of the year. <laughs> it's pretty funny. And, uh, and then, too, you mentioned, I think, about having just kind of normal conversation or even some entertainment there in terms of how do you approach that? Like... Because I, I think that is such a, I think I was, think it was Sherry Waddell was talking about, you know, most of we're kind of mostly doing work of 
pre-evangelization right now. It's like, you know, becoming friends with, you know, people, relating to them, knowing their stories, you know, and do you find yourself doing a lot of that? Yeah, I would say that now, like when, as I mentioned a little earlier, like when I started, it was, I was just like, I'm Catholic, hear me roar, ask me questions. And, mm -hmm. and that was fun. And I think that God yeah. used that. Um, but now it's definitely, I'm way more intentional about being pre-evangelization and forming a community. Yeah. So when I go live, uh, you know, I'm, we're talking about food often, which uh -huh. is scary how much we talk about just, just food. What do we like? What do we not like? Uh -huh. What are hot takes? What's your favorite fast food place? Uh -huh. Your least favorite? Um, do you, are, are boneless wings uh, just chicken nuggets? I mean, you wouldn't believe the <laughs> amount of opinions people have when you ask those questions. And then sports. I'm a huge sports guy. So football, basketball, really all sports. And so with that, yeah. we talk a lot about that. And we'll talk a lot about current events. One of the things I pride myself on in this in the channel is is creating a discourse between people that disagree. So we'll talk about politics and things that are coming up. And we'll do so in a way that is loving and respectful. Um, and so it doesn't cause this massive cast. I'm not getting canceled every other day online. Um, and then again, because... I'm Catholic in the way I hold myself, that, that still comes up. People will ask questions eventually about that. Mm -hmm. But really, we're just, we're, we'll talk about anything and everything. And again, they're typing in their contribution. To the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the more you type, the more I know you. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I've, I've met some of, my, some of my closest friends right now I met through doing this five years ago. Oh, wow. Which sounds crazy, yeah. but, it, but it's been great. I guess we should say, too, your background, you were like a, a youth minister? Yep, I did 15 years of parish ministry, mm -hmm. uh, 10 years in youth ministry, and then five years of uh, adult evangelization, supervising an entire team of people that would also do evangelization for the whole parish. Oh, really? So like within the parish evangelizing? Yeah. Oh, wow. Did you go to Steubenville or something? Or? Uh, I did. I, I didn't go to the school. I went to yeah. Steubenville conferences. I went to yeah. Silver Lake College of the Holy Family uh -huh. in Manitowoc, Wisconsin. Oh. Are you familiar? No, no, I haven't. I'm trying to think where Manitowoc is. It's, it's, it's like 45 minutes north of Milwaukee okay. and like 40 minutes south of Green Bay, right in the middle oh, okay. on Lake Michigan. Um, so I went there and then I went to Fordham for my for graduate school. Okay. Oh, you did? And I you learned, study? I studied, I, was, I got my master's in religious education with uh -huh. an emphasis in youth and young adult ministry. Oh. And I learned more from arguing with my professors and my <laughs> classmates than I did from any of the reading. But I'm thankful for the degree. Yeah, so I think like teaching youth and answering questions of adults and and that experience there too. So you have a lot of you've polished the answers, right? Researched and have answers. Yeah, it would. Yeah, I would not be able to have done what I'm doing now 15 years ago. I, yeah. I had to be ready in order to do it. And even just like travel, like being able to speak. I, I do a lot of speaking around the country, and I've been flown around the world to speak. That as well has helped in me to be able to live stream. Okay. I would not have been able to be good at it if I didn't do that first. And your speaking topics, what, what would you give talk? You know, I, I always try to pray with the people who want to hire me about what it is that their community needs to hear. Um, in general, I love to just re, um, re-pitching the charisma uh, wow. and just, you know, and trying to inspire people, whatever state of life they're in, to pursue holiness. Um, but I, I, lately, I've really enjoyed talking about how do we, as Catholics, live in this world uh, in front of screens uh, and technology, how do we navigate that uh, and on our way to heaven has been a, a fun one for me lately. Hmm. What are some of the rules there, principles that help keep us out of trouble or too much or... Um, 
How yeah. does that work? You know, I, I kind of hate, I hate the way that the word addiction has been thrown around lately. Because you don't have a problem. No, exactly, <laughs> Father. No. You know, it's funny because like I, I, a lot of my friends will ask me, you know, I'm, I'm here. I'm in Birmingham today. I'm not playing Fortnite. Normally, I would be playing Fortnite today. You know, do you miss it? No, I don't want to play anymore. If I could never play another game in my life, I'd be fine. Really? Yeah. So it's not about that. It's the it's the going playing Fortnite when I'm streaming is really about it's like going to a bar mm-hmm. with friends. Mm. It's not about going to the bar. Mm-hmm. It's about it's about the conversation you have with the people that you're there with. Yeah. But but the bar helps helps right, the conversation. Right, it gives right. us something to to do in the awkward moments in between. That's how I view gaming for me personally. That's mm-hmm. not how a lot of people view it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, so as much as I don't like the word addiction thrown around too loosely, uh-huh. I do think that there's a lot of addiction in this world. And I think that yeah. a lot of us are addicted to technology, to our phones, to yeah. social media, to video gaming. Yeah. And that needs to not be a thing. Yeah. That's where I'd start first and foremost. is right. Not to feel shame for it mm-hmm. at all, but to just do a self-reflection of, am I in front of a screen too often? And for me, I probably, it's funny, when I went full-time, I'm on my screen almost more, but I'm I don't like it anymore. Mm. Does right. that make sense? Right. Like I like I used to love it. I used to yeah. scroll because yeah. I liked to scroll. Right. And right. now I'm on there because I have to respond to this person. I have yeah. to and then when I put it down, it's like, oh thank God I don't have to look at it again for yeah. until tomorrow. Right, right. And it, just off the top of my head too, it's like I, I know it can be compelling. I remember one time, I think I did get like a Tetris on my phone and and it was, I was playing it like sometimes before I go to bed, but then it like kind of wire you up and, and it, but there's something like this, I guess it's like a dopamine hit that you, all right, the, the blocks are closing in on you, you're trying to beat that. Yeah. So I guess it's that intensity, that dopamine hit that can be quote unquote addictive, right? And that's what. You got to be careful of it. And maybe, too, like how it distorts, because the church warns about this for religious and I think particularly like contemplative nuns to be very careful about media. Like it can be so stimulating, it's not conducive to prayer. You know, if I got to be stimulated to hold my attention, how am I going to pray and meditate on scripture or just sit there in silence, right? Yeah. Well, that's kind of the challenge, isn't it? Yeah, a hundred percent. And we need, and, and it's funny you say that we need, we need silence. And I talk about silence a lot. Uh, and I think it's funny, like the the younger generation now hears silence, and they're like, "Oh, I'm quiet all the time." I'm quietly <laughs> scrolling through Instagram and Twitter. It's like that's not silence. It doesn't count. You yeah. have to put it away. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. So for me, like daily mass and and trying to pray as often as I can in front of the Blessed Sacrament is a must. Yeah. Yeah. Or I find myself absolutely, yeah, you're, you're just not able to focus on prayer at all. Yeah, it's almost like our diet. I, we had a, a gentleman from France who used to work at the network, and so he comes out of this French culture, and you know, they're known like having their long meals. Of You go out, maybe just go eat out with friends. You know, For Americans, it's like dinner, movie, and whatever. But I remember he would talk about like the fast food thing, a lot of salt, a lot of sugar. So... You, you get like this big stimulation to your taste buds, right? You get acclimated to that. And then, so even like our news, right? The headlines flashy, it gets our, I don't worry about that. Or, you know, it's something that's really, I guess it's always been that way. You know, if it bleed, it leads, you know, you think about the old newspaper guy saying that. But I guess it's so prevalent today that 
yeah, we, right, news used to be just a half hour in the evening, plus local news. But now you can go sit down at your computer and just read news anytime. And it can be really super stimulating and a lot of conflict and all that stuff. That, so that, that almost distorts us, doesn't it, to some degree? It, it does. <laughs> now, I think what you just did, uh, Father, is you just presented the problem. Mm -hmm. Which uh, you're right. Yeah, Everything yeah, you just said is yeah, true. Yeah. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all those things, yeah. they they keep us online by making us mad. That's yeah. their whole idea is to make right. us angry, shocked. Right. How do we keep scrolling? Yeah. What I'm trying to do is the opposite. We're trying yeah. to have a good place to go online. Right. I would not argue with any holy person who said, isn't it just better to not be on at all? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say sure. <laughs> I'm serious. Sure. Right, yeah. Right, You're not right. going to get an argument from me. Right. But how are we going to reach those people who are yeah. spending every yeah. hour online, yeah. which yeah. is a lot of people. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. Yeah. And that, that is, yeah, the gospel's got to be, and I'm sure there's all kinds of historical times where there was something that the gospel eventually got into to, to baptize it or just to be a presence there. Right. So we can't. We have to use, I mean, even here, like, I remember when the internet was first coming out and, you know, Mother Angelica wanting to be there. Now she would, you know, she would warn about the internet. I mean, I think she was prophetic. She could see problems with it and stuff. But at the same time, EWTN had this library they put online of documents and everything. You know, the gospel's got to be there. And on the show, you point out something I'd never thought of, but just the educational value of games because like yeah. you said on the, the show that more people are watching or playing video games than watching television and that just staggers me i yeah. can't even imagine that <laughs> i'm just old right i'm out of touch here but <laughs> but maybe talk about that 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 way that a game could teach the faith sure so if you yeah I, I don't have the numbers in front of me of how much time the average person spends in front of a, a game in front of a screen, it's staggering. Mm -hmm. uh, b between the ages of like 10 and, you know, 30, even probably higher, you're looking at six to 10 hours a day in front of a screen. Mm -hmm. That's like, that's when you're awake, essentially. Right, right. And, and that's on my worst days, you know, on my travel days, it's like, okay, I'm at the airport, I'm on my phone while I eat, while I have my coffee, right. while I'm on the plane. Uh, and, and so you understand for sure, there's a lot of people uh, on screens. Um, there's a lot of, and then you think of all those people who are on screens playing a game. Most of the time, it's just mind-numbing stuff, just fun right. things that they that they find interesting. Right. Um, but if you can find a way to make what someone's doing on their screen time uh, and allow it to help them learn something, why yeah. not? Right. Uh, there's this World War II game, and I'm forgetting the name of it, um, that I played a couple of years ago. I learned more about World War II than I learned in any history class I'd ever ever had. Right. I mean, it was amazing, right. uh, and because I was interested in the game, and I and then because of that, I was paying attention to what they were teaching, right. in the history of it. And the same way I think can be true with the Bible and with with the Catholic faith. And yeah. not that it would be the only way anyone learns, but that it absolutely can be a primary way that someone learns the faith. Um, yeah. I don't like the idea of virtual reality uh, that we can put on a, a, a something soon in the next twenty years that most households will probably have where we can be anywhere at any time, mm -hmm. but it's coming. And right. so if we, if that's coming, why wouldn't we go to the Vatican instead of to a strip club? Mm -hmm. <laughs> let's right. go to the Vatican and learn right. and learn and, and like see history. And yeah. let's look at these old Roman churches and let's go to Jerusalem. And so I, and so I, th I think that it absolutely belongs there. 
uh, and when you can, I think of this game, the Akutis game, the, the idea that we're going to be able to go through the lives of different saints and to think about how many thousands of saints there are out there and the stories that they yeah. have are better than any TV show out there, some of these saint stories. Right. I love the idea that we're going to be able to play a game and then learn about those saint stories uh, and have those come to life. And do you have like an idea of like how what would that look like like the game part of it what would you what would that look like yeah so for for the acutus game I know that one of they're still working out the kinks and, mm-hmm. and and all that stuff but one of the things is you're gonna you're, you're Carlo acutus plus a Carlo acutus one of the things that happens is you're traveling through to uh, to Nazi Germany uh, and, and you and, and you and you go through there and you go to Poland and you're looking for Saint John Paul II before he becomes a priest uh-huh. And maybe you're going to have a pivotal conversation with him uh-huh. that inspires him to say yes to the priesthood. Right. 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 And then eventually, we, as we know, St. John Paul II defeats communism and becomes a yeah. saint. Yeah. And the whole time, you're this teenage kid, right, who you know was alive in the last 50 years, uh, who's got Nike, he's buried in his Nikes, uh, and you're, you're learning about St. John Paul II, you're learning about St. Therese of Lisieux, and you're, you're participating in their life in some way, completing challenges, and then, uh, actually, one of the cool things about the game is you're earning tokens um, in the game that you can actually use in real life as currency. So you, you're, you're earning a token. Let's say that you want to contribute to building wells in Africa. Maybe you can use that, that token that you're gaining by helping this saint mm-hmm. and learning about the saint to actually help the real world at the same time yeah. online. I think yeah. it's just, it yeah. sounds so cool. Well, you just made me think of, I was in Poland last October or something and uh, went to Victory Square where John Paul went, you know, his first visit as Pope and he gave this powerful homily there, you know, calling down the Holy Spirit. I mean, I guess the game, you could have like real footage of that or even the game part, maybe you could look at people in the crowd next to you or maybe ask them why they're here. They'd be an electrician that's doing this or, you know, you could have like different experiences from people you encounter in the crowd. Yeah. And and that would and and even that would be powerful. I mean, just to hear, you know, hopefully you could get like some true stories in there or meet Father Yerzy Popolusko or something, you yeah. know. And uh, but I, yeah, I think it fires the imagination. Like you could really see the square. Okay, this is what it looked like. We went there when I was in Poland. It was like, you know, they today they got this cross and this plaque, plaque, you know, commemorating it and just. Uh, I mean, it just makes it so much more cemented in your mind if you can see the visual, you know, and have some interaction with it. Yeah. Because I, I was just reading that online. It's like to, to really remember things well, if you can interlock it with other knowledge, things you know about, you know, and maybe, maybe you know about like what Victory Square looks like. This is what John Paul II said. You know, this is, you know, that it just helps cement it better in your mind. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think I know one of the characters is Saint Maximilian Kolbe. I'm imagining yeah. like you're in you're in that that prison that's and you're looking around, you're talking to the different yeah. people that are there, yeah. and it becomes real. When yeah. I was a kid, the hardest thing for me, and I'm I'm just one person. This is very anecdotal, right. but I had a hard time caring about history, and in both regular history and church history, mm-hmm. because I just wasn't interested. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand why it mattered to me. I lived in Illinois. I'd never been to Europe. Why am I learning about this stuff? But in a, when I went to visit, and, and, and I was driving around Germany, and I went, I went to Ireland, and I went to Rome, 
I'm asking my wife the whole time. I'm like, Google this, Google this. Why did this happen? Where are we? What happened while we were here in World War II and World War One? I was just fascinated by it because it was real. Right. And I know video gaming isn't real, but it, with this virtual reality stuff, it's going to be like you're saying, kind of real. Yeah. And, and it hopefully will inspire the younger generation to start caring about some of this stuff. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I guess like I'll come back to Poland for a second because, you know, I, I read, you know, Witness to Hope and other, like the sequels and stuff to that book. And so I'm having to imagine a lot of this stuff. And then I go and see Warsaw. And it wasn't, I was expecting a lot more kind of remnant from communism, Soviet style buildings and everything. And there's certainly that, but also you saw the, the beautiful architecture, the history, you see the, the cathedral that was bombed out. They actually had fighting in the cathedral and everything. And it's like, um, and then Maximilian Kolbe. I mean, I, we went to Nipikolanov and to see like the original chapel, how simple it was. And yet to hear about, they had a, a runway, they had a daily paper, they had this fire department to serve the larger city and stuff. And it's like, I don't know, there's something so powerful about seeing the real thing yep. that uh, it gives a much greater, I think, understanding and interest in it. But let's also talk about a new podcast you have, um, you know, is this for kids? And so you're not naive, man. You're in the heart of this culture war and uh, you've got three kids. Yep. And you want to curate what they see, right? Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about your new podcast. Yeah. We're, so the idea of the podcast, Is This for Kids, is that there are, um, you know, it is my full-time job to be understanding what is happening on social media within the culture and then to be part of that culture and hopefully try to change the culture. That's, yeah. I, I ha I'm on every social media platform putting content out there, living in that space. I'm not just, there's a difference, I think, between putting content in a space and living in the space. And I think in order to, really truly evangelize we have to know the space mm -hmm. um right anybody can record a video and just put it on youtube but if you're not familiar with how youtube works your youtube channel is never going to grow you have yeah. to right play the game kind of so to speak um and even though it's my full-time job i still don't know how to best parent my kids through it mm -hmm. yeah. and if i don't then yeah. how can a parent who yeah. doesn't isn't a part of that space all the right. time know and so i really kind of in this moment of prayer felt like i have to do some i have to to help parents as much as they can to navigate this digital world and, and best um, allow their kids the best chance to succeed and still be healthy, happy, holy, yeah. joyful. Um, and so, and then the idea was like, not just for parents who know they want that. Yeah. I think every parent deep down wants their kid to be happy, healthy, yeah. holy, even if they're not Christian. Um, so let's, let's cast the net out to everybody and just use our hopefully good personalities, myself and our, my co-host, to uh, to get people in, interested in what we're saying, um, and then review movies, mo uh, music, you know, video games and TV shows, yeah. uh, both old and new, yeah. and say like, hey, this is what you should and should not, you know, maybe let your kids yeah. watch. Not yeah. not so black and white. I don't want to say don't let. Your, there was going right. to be shows where we're saying don't let your kids watch right, this, right. but but to also just say, hey, this is what it is. It's up to you, yeah. the parent, to, yeah. to determine, but right. at least know that this show has this in it, that this movie has this in it, that uh, for a video game example, uh, Call of Duty is one of the most famous video games in the world right now. Mm. You can turn off the gore, you can turn off the language, mm. and you can actually stop your kid, you can have a setting where your kid's not playing with online strangers. Mm. All of a sudden, this mature video game maybe becomes a teen video game. Yeah, yeah. 
right? But but there's these ten year olds playing this game that's right. just horrible, right? And their parents right. don't know. Right. So that that's kind of the idea and the origin of of uh, the podcast. And there's some weird fascination. I know, especially like young boys. My perspective growing up, it's like you know, you're fascinated with Dracula, Frankenstein, the werewolf, and blood and all this kind of stuff. So there's something about how it just kind of immediately kind of titillates us, right? Yeah. You got to be careful of that. Um, you know, when you were talking on the show, being interviewed by Brother John, it it thought me, it struck me that if you could somehow tap into all the other parents out there who maybe have watched, like maybe you wouldn't have to, you can't watch everything, but like they could be a resource to tell you Hey, we think there's a problem here or there and there, and the, kind of pool all the efforts. You know, yeah. so you have so many eyes out there that uh, it seems like that could be a great network to do. Um, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, they can go to beardablowins.com and they could <laughs> find any of my contact on there, and I'm yeah. happy to happy to hear anything from anybody. Yeah, I love that idea. And I wonder too. It seemed like it, it's, it'd be hard to navigate like the, the subtlety. And I guess that's what you're saying. Like just to point out this might be a problem for your kids, right? There's some subtle reference to something or some bad uh, view of the world, you know, bad worldview or something. Because it's just, I was just recently reading someone that writes about kind of the culture wars and, and she was talking about how it's just so prevalent. Like the elites of our society are pushing this agenda and they are getting the youth. Right in, in children's movies or Disney or whatever, it's like it's so prevalent and so you're not daunted by that going into that to try to no <laughs> no because you know I think I think that that most most people I feel like the media is portraying two two sides very polarized against one another right and yeah. you either fit into one of the two yeah and I think most people are kind of in the middle right and I think. Like and so any way that you can uh, share the share the faith with truth and love, I feel like way more people are going to be open to it than right. than the media makes us think. Yeah, does, you know, does that make sense? You know, I heard John Stewart say this. I never really watched his show or anything, but he said he thought there's much more agreement than what's presented. I think yeah. so. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, you see a lot of the stuff like right now. I think the way the biggest way that that's showing right now. And the culture is with schools. What mm-hmm. should schools be allowed to talk, to teach, and not teach? Yeah, I think a majority of Americans are just like, keep most things out. Of, like, let us talk to our kids yeah. about about important things. Right. And right. I think most yeah. people are just kind of like, yeah. And the people who are like, no, yeah, the schools should teach everything. Or kind of, <laughs> you kind of kind of looks at them like, that's why. You know, it's it seems the, the the media would have you believe it's a majority, but I don't think it is. Right. I know. So I went to a class reunion one time. It might have been my twentieth or something. But I, I remember one of the teachers was there, and we figured out like he was in his thirties when he was teaching us. And I remember thinking, like this guy, you know, we just had a lot of respect for him and whatever he said. But you think about it, like a lot of thirty-year-olds teaching our kids, right? It's like, you you might be a parent older than that. It's like, you just can't turn that all over to the school system. Yeah. It's like crazy, you know? 100%. Yeah. Well, that's great. I think that's that's much needed. Um, so hopefully that'll get a lot of traction. Um, 
and that's going to cover everything, right? It's movies, books, even. Yeah, there. maybe maybe some books. I can't. Mm-hmm. I know that it's easier for me to watch a show than read a book, but uh, but for <laughs> sure. Uh, but mo- like really, the video games, movies, music, um, and TV shows are like the four, yeah. the four biggest. Yeah. And something I wanted to ask you about too is um, you have a famous brother. Uh, his his gaming personality name is Ninja. Yeah. Right. And how does that work? Like in terms of monetizing that or his popularity, how does explain that mechanism to us? Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier with the whole like Twitch, how you make money there, that mm-hmm. it's kind of the same except yeah. at, a, at a bigger scale because he he really kind of put Twitch on the map when he blew up. Mm-hmm. Um, most people didn't know what Twitch was, and uh-huh. he ended up, you know, he is a combination of really hard work. For, he was a live streamer for you know eight years before uh-huh. he blew up. Uh, before most people even knew what live streaming was. And then Fortnite came out, which is the most popular video game of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like the king of that game. He mm-hmm. was like the face of that game for a while. Okay. Um, so he went from you know, a very successful streamer to one of the most famous people in the world mm-hmm. overnight. Wow. Really overnight. Right. He played with a guy named Drake, who's one of the most famous rappers of oh, all yeah, time. Yeah. And, and just it, he broke the internet. It broke uh-huh. it. It broke the website. It shut down. I mean, it was it was crazy. And the next day, he was on CNN Business, and I just remember watching it in real time and just being like, "This is crazy." I always knew he would be successful. I had no idea that he could become one of the most famous people in the world. Um, and so that kind of changes the game, right? He, that he was the first one to sign an exclusive contract with a streaming platform okay. where he's only allowed to stream on this site okay. right, for multi-million. I mean, the, the, there's a guy named XQC. I don't recommend your listeners look him yeah. up. Uh, no offense, uh, but he he just signed a hundred million dollar deal for two years wow. to stream on a, one of the new platforms that's coming out. Wow! Uh, so so we're talking that's more money than LeBron James made <laughs> in two, in his two year deal for the Lakers. Yeah. So it's, and my brother was literally the one who paved the way for that to happen. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's different than the monetization that like I, it it is and isn't different than the monetization that I'm using with my platform. Right? You still have to get sponsorship deals, and that's the same yeah. kind of thing. Um, but when you get big, big mm-hmm. to the tune of 100 million followers, you're looking at like exclusive deals with either YouTube or Facebook or Twitch. And that's kind of where that money comes in. So his, his streaming, he's doing that commentary as he plays the game and that's how it's same yeah, kind of he's, thing. So yeah, I focus on like building a community and that's, and not that he doesn't, he loves yeah. his community, but he's one of the best video gamers of all time. Now he's this, like good at the game. Does he have like extraordinary hand-eye coordination? Yeah, he does. Yes, like like it's it, there. It legitimately there is like practice. There is a. It's just like an athlete, mm. except obviously different because it, it it's physically different. But there are people who are just gifted at it, and people uh-huh. that are not. So I play more than he does right now because he's made he's he's made his uh, he can retire ten times over. So he, he you're streams. playing more than him? Yeah, because right? now, because he yeah. just streams. He plays other games. He plays. Uh, he games more than I do, uh, but he does a lot of it offline. He doesn't uh, need to stream anymore. Oh, he does wow. it every once in a while. Um, and he's still, like, he picks up the control. He picks up the game that I play often, and he's 10 times better than me at it. Yeah. Because it's just, he just is, has it. Now, was that manifested different ways when you guys were growing up? Did he, was he good at t-ball or did this show itself? So it's funny, I was, I, all three of them, I've got two brothers. I'm the oldest of three. All three of us are pretty good at sports. Mm-hmm. I, I would say, I, I think my brothers would agree that I was the best at sports, but mm-hmm. I worked the hardest at it. Yeah. 
Um, Tyler probably had the most natural talent. That's Ninja. And he just didn't care because he was playing video games. He was very, he was much better at gaming than my brother and my other brother and I were Mm -hmm. our whole lives. Hmm. If each of us had one hour to play and then we all played against each other, Tyler would win every time. Now there's some too (laughs) about just like, like a mental quickness too. Like you have to make quick decisions. So it's not just the coordination, but it's like, you're going to go through this room or door yeah. or whatever. So Yeah, think of like a quarterback, right? You have to yeah. make different reads. It's the same yeah. kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, there's a game awareness. There's a hand-eye coordination. There's a lot of it that goes into it. And what about, I know like women, I think, biologically or what do you say? Well, just like I heard they're more dexterous. Like they are with fine like motor control with their hands and fingers that they are better at that men are actually better at like at a distance or like throwing the stone at the bird off the tree (laughs) i put it in cave bad terms but there's like there's a greater coordination that men have in that fine motor control women have better so i wonder if that would make them better gamers is that that's it's interesting i mean i will say this like you know the stereotypes of girls not being good at games which Uh, is a big stereotype is is going away there's some girls who are very good but really the top gamers in the world are still fellas yeah. And I don't know why, because it's not time anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like there's, I've, I'm friends with a lot of, of girls who are yeah. better at the game than I am. Uh-huh. Um, but there, but not that many are, are, you know, the best in the world at games yet, which is, I don't know. I don't know what, maybe it is that they aren't given the chance as often, you know, yeah. maybe that's still part of it. Well, I think there's something too about the male uh, psyche or something that it, you know, I seem like we more easily just kind of like focus, you know, disconnect, you know, and maybe get into abstract world. Sure. And they like want some human relationship yeah. or something. There, there, there probably is something to that. We yeah. are, we're way more likely to be trapped in a basement for 30 hours playing video games. It's just honing the skill, yeah, to be driven. And what about, my brother was telling me like in in Korea, there's like, you know, guys who are gamers like travel around in limousines, they have groupies and... I mean, so is like is America like like your brother like beating out those guys too? Like, in- um, you know, it's so so he's you know he's he's probably the most famous video gamer of all time, okay. which is crazy even wow. now. Wow. Uh, and there are there are probably a hundred other very famous video gamers yeah. since him. Yeah, but he was the first one and therefore the biggest one. Um, but in in part in different parts of Asia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're decades ahead of us with mm. with like making a living playing video games. Oh, they are. I mean, there are the way that like the way yeah. I, I describe it is the way that like uh, England has soccer academies that yeah. like you can go to when you're in high school, right? And you're mostly playing soccer, but yeah. you're also learning that they're doing that in, in different countries in Asia with wow. video games. Wow. Oh yeah, I mean there is like yeah, you can't you can throw a rock in in parts of Asia and hit one building where the entire building is dedicated to people playing video games wow. and here in america you you yeah. there's not two places across the street doing that yeah wow i feel old talking to you <laughs> it's, it's 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 a wild one i'm not even an expert in this one of it's wild i mean i keep telling this story but I, I remember as a young boy going to the local sears and they had an atari set up and you could play pong my dad loved to go to the hardware store and they had this thing set up and this was like the greatest thing in the world to play Pong and then yep. break out later. <laughs> it's like, and I, I remember being in college like in 1990 and a friend, my one of my classmates, 
he was an older guy coming back to school, but he was concerned about the virtual reality. And and I was like thinking, what are you talking about? But you know, wearing the goggles and yeah. being in this, you know, just disconnected from the world totally. But um, anyway, so well, thanks for doing what you're doing and being a light there and um, and helping families with your new podcast. That'll be thank fantastic. you, and thank you for having me. Thank you.